ones and the in-between. Most of us have moved at some point in our lives, to a new city or a new country, and we've had to strike a balance between here and there, then and now. So today, Nicole from the Expat Cast is here, and we're chatting about balance. We're asking ourselves, who were we? Where are we? And what do we want? We don't have the answers, but here's a podcast full of questions to ponder. For links and related episodes, check out the show notes on balancingcultures.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter for bonus content, free of course. And if you like what you hear and want to support me, you can leave a tip through Buy Me a Coffee, link on the website. But let's go ahead and start the conversation. I'm Megan Kitchen, and this is Balancing Cultures. Welcome to Balancing Cultures, Nicole. Thank you so very much for having me. If you can't tell by my eager tones, I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on. I was on your podcast a few weeks ago by the time this will come out, and I had so much fun chatting with you on the expat cast, and I said, well, then you've got to come over and be on my podcast so we can chat about something else. Um, Also, just because I like chatting with you. So thanks for coming over. Yeah, exactly. So then I'm going to do this. And then after this, we're going to have so much fun that I'm going to be like, come back on my podcast. And then you'll come on mine. And then we'll have so much fun there. And you'll be like, come back on mine. And then we'll just ping pong for eternity. And then we'll end up just making a new podcast. I see where this is going. going. (laughs) We merge empires. (laughs) Well, we have a topic today that is different from the topic we did when I was on your podcast, which was all about expat resilience, which kind of comes into this. But our topic today is about, huh? Is it too on the nose? (laughs) Balance. (laughs) (laughs) I was cracking up. I was just telling my roommate before we started recording, oh, yeah, I have to run. I'm doing this recording. She's asking about it. And I was like, yeah, the show is called Balance and Cultures. And she asked what I wanted to talk about. And I said, balance, which is maybe the most lazy answer ever, but I promise it's thematically relevant to my life right now. And I do really want to talk about it. And I think it is, it's so relevant to your life, my life, and a lot of my listeners, because I think most of my listeners have moved at some point in their life, even if it's just to a new city or even a new side of town. But a lot of people who listen to this podcast have moved countries and have started new lives in new places. And so it is about striking a balance (laughs) between here and there, then and now. And also it's about who we were and who we are and who we've become. Because when we move, we change. And so, yeah, today we're going to talk about balance on balancing cultures. Let's do it. Well, let's go ahead and get started with the before so that we can kind of understand where you're from and who old Nicole was so we can then hear about the balance with new Nicole. So where are you from and what led you to your move? So we have one state in common, to my knowledge, which is Pennsylvania. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) I, I grew up in the Philadelphia suburbs and I was really rooted in place. So I have... on. Between the two sides of my family, my extended family is like 50 people growing at this point, but all of them still live in the Philadelphia suburbs or like maybe New York, which 
is about an hour and a half, two hours away. So this is to say very in one place. And I something was always in me itching to go somewhere else. So when I went to college, I said I wanted to move as far as I was allowed to, but still be on the coast. So I ended up in South Carolina in Charleston for five years. I from there moved to Chicago and Illinois for two years and then made the move to Freiburg in Germany. So I understand moving domestically, right? You go off to university, then maybe you get a job offer, then maybe, you know, you know someone who knows someone, so you move again. But going Chicago and all these places to Freiburg, Germany, it's not the most natural shift. So what happened there? You know, the, you haven't heard about the great exodus from Chicago to Freiburg. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I kind of had this thing going on when I lived in South Carolina where I was like, man, I'm really liking getting to know a different part of the U.S. And I, this is a different topic, but I, I don't think I was aware of culture before making that move. I, I literally moved to the South, not knowing that the South was a place. Like, I, I just thought it was a different location, but I didn't know that I was from the North um, until I got called a Yankee a bunch. So anyway, um, mm. I was having a lot of experiences um, living somewhere new, and I wanted to keep exploring it. And so I had this, but okay, but at the same time, you start working in the US and you have 10 vacation days, so mm -hmm. you can't really do much with that. And I lived far from home, so I was using those days to visit back home. So anyway, I had this idea that I would just keep moving to different regions in the US and then exploring maybe like a four hour radius from wherever I was living and that this is how I would kind of travel without traveling. So I did that in Charleston and then Chicago was for grad school, but worked with sort of my regional moves, I guess. Um, and from there, I was thinking, I don't know, like Denver or Seattle I didn't really have a firm plan or a reason for any of those places other than that they were different and sounded kind of cool. Yeah. So the last stretch of my time in Charleston, I met the uh, a family member of a good friend of mine in Charleston who was visiting his family there. Um, and he was this German American fellow. Well, yeah. So we fall in love <laughs> and we oh, ended up oh, dating see. for like, I don't know, four or five years. So that's when I was in Chicago, I was dating him long distance. And after I finished my degree, I was kind of in one of those moments of like, okay, well, I was going to move to Denver, Seattle anyway. Uh, I could go east instead of west and just come to Germany. Should I do that? Should I do that? <laughs> so a relationship brought you over to Germany. Is the way shorter version of saying it, yeah. <laughs> but for me, it always seems relevant because it's like, maybe it's even more relevant now because I'm not with that person anymore. Um, yeah. But it always felt relevant to me that I was like, it wasn't just like, okay, and now I'm just going to take a hard left turn and make this crazy move. It's like, it fit in, like it made sense for me as a person. And I think that's something, maybe it's like a personal pet peeve, but when you hear that people move for love, that's off, that's often the end of the story or that's the end of the question is, you know, mm. you just accept that answer. And it's like, well, but they're a fully formed human, too. And even if they moved for that relationship, like there's more to why they went for it. So I don't know. Anyway, that's my little soapbox. <laughs> I like that soapbox because I always got really defensive when people would assume I moved here for a relationship because you know, I was an American woman living in Germany, and why would I be here if it wasn't for a man? And so I often got on my soapbox like, no, I moved here single. I am, like you said, my own person. 
And so I think that's possible even in a relationship to say, you know, I already was this open person looking to explore different ways of life, different regions and seeing the world. I had an avenue to do that because I was in a relationship, but I was looking to do that anyways. And and I was prickly about this before. Like even when we were still together, I was like, and it's a, an important distinction. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I get having your own soapbox about that because it also then is setting you up for the person you are in that new space. You didn't want to be so-and-so's girlfriend. You wanted to be Nicole. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, even Freiburg specifically was because of me. So he's from Bodensee area, so Lake Constance, the very, very south of Germany. Yeah. Let me tell you, my first time setting foot in Germany was in in the Bodensee, which is it's this big lake where Switzerland, Austria, and Germany connect. So literally, I arrived in the dead of night and woke up, went upstairs, and looked out the window, and you could see the Swiss Alps and a Zeppelin flying. And then, mm-hmm. you know, his family was living in the Allgäu, which is this beautiful mountainous area oh, just south also of Munich. Gorgeous. Also gorgeous. And then I um, – so we were looking for ways that I could continue my career, but in southern Germany, and I ended up finding something in Freiburg, and that's why we ended up here. But I'd never been before we moved. And then I, you know, I get here and we're we're moving in and it's gorgeous. And I just was like, is every part of this country ridiculously beautiful? It's so good looking. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, though, to hear, yeah, that you came, okay, the relationship was part of the decision, but you're still independent in a way. You're the one that was seeking a job. You found Freiburg as a location for the two of you. And as you started settling into life there, did you find yourself kind of creating a new life that was in contrast to the life you left in the U.S.? Huh. Um, I don't think it felt fully in contrast, but it also didn't feel like a natural continuation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it also didn't feel fully out of alignment. It Mm. somehow felt right, although it was very different because, I mean, so when I was in Chicago, I was working anywhere from three to five jobs, going to school full time and just hustling constantly. Like, I think I had two days off, including weekends, like two days ever in, you know, the one year. Um, Well, yikes. Over like a seven, eight months period. So, yeah, you know, I was I was hustling really hard. And of course, when you're working hard like that, a lot of your self-worth comes from your achievements in school and in work. So I actually ended up turning down two really, really good job opportunities, um, one of which was basically my dream job, to come and be a glorified intern for a one-year contract in Germany. And, you know, I had some basic German level, but not really enough that I could do my own paperwork or feel like myself. So I had a diff, very difficult transition year. So that's why I say, okay, it doesn't feel like it was completely a continuation because career-wise it was a step back. Social life was way worse. I mean, I didn't have friends. I just had this one friend, which was my boyfriend. Um, I mean, I, I made friends over the time, but yeah. So anyway, everything felt very, you know, building from scratch. And in many ways, it wasn't exactly looking as impressive. I mean, from the outside, of course, everything can look impressive because you're just 
you know, traipsing around Europe. Yeah, it's, it looks it's, good, it's right? Rough. It looks yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, you know, I had this contract looming that was about to end. I, I didn't know what I was going to do next. I knew I wanted to stay, but I didn't know how I was going to make that happen. And you know, by the time I got my my current job and got my first paycheck, I had a euro and fifty four cents to my name. So things were stressful, and I <laughs> I think it's hard to talk about this era because I I don't want to say it was complete contrast because somehow it felt very authentic and very in alignment with how I want it to be living life. But at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to pretend that it was just smooth sailing. So Mm. it was off and it wasn't really working for a while, but it was right. Question mark. (laughs) Yeah. Do you say it was right now in retrospect or did you also at the time think, even though this is hard, this feels right. And I'm going to make this work. So you said it way more eloquently, but the way I said it was high melodrama sitting on, um, if anyone knows Freiburg, this park called Kanonenplatz, which is halfway up a mountain overlooking all of the town. And in the distance, you can see the French mountains. Uh, so I was in that view and friends of my boyfriends were visiting and they asked how things were. And I just started crying and they said, oh, no, do you not like Freiburg? And between my sobs, what I managed to say was, I like Freiburg. I just think Freiburg doesn't like me. (laughs) Which, yeah, I mean, I do think it's funny. Also, I remember the pain of that moment so clearly because that's how it felt. Like I felt, I I think if you'd asked me, I would have said it was right. But I also, if you asked me, I was doing horribly and I was not. Yeah, I was not okay. So it's yeah. hard to say. Like, I think in the moment, I don't know if it's really possible to say that it's right when you're feeling that off. But at the same time, I wasn't feeling off track. I just, yeah, somewhere in between. Like, I knew so, it was right, but I, in I didn't feel right. Oh, yeah. my gosh. We between we got guys. there. <laughs> we got there without even trying. Hello. <laughs> well, then, I guess the follow-up question would be, because I know you now love i mean deeply love freiburg like you can't think of another place you'd rather be right now so do you call it home now yeah totally i do and i think i did from the get go like i just always loved it and i just keep loving it <laughs> and i keep being like am i sure that i love it and then i'm like yeah i am <laughs> but does but does freiburg love you now I think I've twisted its arm somehow, or I've accepted that, you know, sometimes it takes time for both parties to be on the same page, you know, you know, Freiburg's been very good to me. And even that dark phase was very brief. And I, I mean, yeah, I got like a very good job very shortly after that moment on the hillside. So yeah, all in all, maybe I just wasn't seeing the way that it loved me. I don't know. No, I I definitely consider it home. I think the moment that you just described is an in-between moment that I think a lot of people, I think especially in our generation, kind of the, the 80s, 90s kids, we experienced this because jobs were not a guarantee. And we aren't as kind of stuck in our ways about getting a career. We were this weird transitional generation where it's like, well, it's not automatic. And so I think a lot of us have those in between, like, I don't know if I have a job. I don't know if I even like this life. Where do I want to live? What do I want to (laughs) be? Who am I? (laughs) Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. I don't think my grandmother ever asked, who am I and what am I passionate about? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't a question. Right. Well, and I was in this moment of like, I just would like a job and I would like it to be in Freiburg. And I kind of don't care the rest of the details. Like my priority is the place. And Mm. I was getting frustrated because though that's not how Germany thinks, if I can categorize an entire country as thinking a certain way. Um, I have a master's degree in library and and information science. And despite the fact that I was a marketing manager, a training manager at corporations before that, it didn't matter. I I couldn't get an interview for a job in marketing, for a job in training in software Mm -hmm. companies because I have this master's for something else. And, you know, I'd interview for a job and they'd say, oh, you're, you're qualified, but your German's just not quite there yet. So try this other position. I interview for this other position and they say, oh, you're really overqualified. And if we give you this job, you're not going to be satisfied in a year or two. Um, So you don't have it. You don't get the job. And this is so foreign to me as an American because we don't have that concept of the employer thinking that long term. Um, Yeah. Yeah, if I'm true. willing to humble myself and and do this below my level job, then you, that's my business. That's my choice. That's how we think. And um, and they think differently here. And I mean, as I said, it worked out for me in the end. Then I got exactly the right kind of level of job that was appropriate in the right field, all of this. You know, I, I, I felt like I was thinking more in the mindset of the grandparents' generation of like, give me work and I will do the work and I will do it well. Are you an old soul? Mm, I may have been accused <laughs> once or twice <laughs> along the way. How many cardigans do you own? <laughs> oh, but that's – I mean, I'm a librarian, so that's an obvious True. answer. True. Many. <laughs> many, many cardigans. Well, do you feel after all this experience and the crying on the hillside and making it work, <laughs> do you feel you've become a new version of yourself? Several, I think. Several yeah. versions of yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's constantly reiterating. But I, I think that that was true of me in the States as well. Often punctuated by moves, but not always. Um, so there's certain eras in my life, and I was who I needed to be for that era. Mm. And I am currently in a different era than I was when I moved here. You know, Even in the four years that I've been in Germany, I think there's a couple iterations of me that have happened, which sounds kind of chaotic when I put it like that. Um, And essentially, I've been the same me the whole time, and there's certain consistencies through it all. But I think when I think of old me and new me, it's it's a little hard to think of it as a binary because I do feel like it's more... Like chapters in a book? Yeah, more chapters in a book. Yeah. Yeah. So then what's what's the balance you need to strike between old and new then if there's a whole spectrum of Nicole's involved? Uh, right? <laughs> which is why this is to- this topic's on my mind so often because I think it's not that – it's not just merging American – I almost give them different names because uh, in the U.S. I went by Nikki way more often. So like American Nikki and German Nicole um, and not even German Nicole because like even within Germany there's – Nicole speaking English and then there's Nicole speaking German and those are also different people. Mm. So it just feels like there's so many different parts of me that I want to blend and balance. And at the same time, it depends on the situation that I'm in, what the situation needs for me. So it's really tricky for me to identify where, yeah, what what the balance is. Um, 
because there are certain parts of me from any given era that I want to keep with me and that I don't want to leave behind or things that I'm, I would rather leave behind. And I think that that's maybe all the more reason to remind myself that this is a phase that I had. And there, uh, yeah, at the same time, you have to leave space for the new growth, but at the same time, you don't want to be constantly reinventing yourself and then you have no consistency. You're just kind of floating around in the wind. Like that doesn't work for me either. So yeah, yeah, I think this is exactly why when you asked me what I wanted to talk about, I said <laughs> balance. Because maybe you can just tell me what it is and then I can fix it. <laughs> oh, did you come here for answers? Oh. No, no, I ask questions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I guess one thing I could say is, or a, a question I could ask is, do you feel the expat pressure to to reinvent yourself, to experience all these new things, to see the world and constantly be in motion because we've labeled ourselves expats. Hmm. I thought about this a lot over the pandemic era that we're finding ourselves in. I like that we're calling it an era now and not just 2020. Yeah, right. Well, because I don't want to say that it's over because it's clearly not. It's not. I'd been experimenting with solo travel for a while and my birthday is in February. So February February of 2020, I took the longest trip that I've done on my own so far, which was only a week, but I took myself to Spain and Portugal for my birthday. And it was freaking great. Traveling alone is amazing. It's and awesome. I, I it. cannot recommend it highly enough. And I was worried I'd, I'd done like maybe three to five days here and there, but I was worried that a full week and especially my birthday week would just feel like too lonely or sad. Um, and so this was a kind of a trial and I was like, oh, no, 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 this is great. You make friends if you want to make friends. You don't make friends if you don't want to make friends and everything's perfect. So my next goal was um, to go to Vietnam for three weeks because I'd never taken three weeks off ever. Of course, it's a German thing for me. That's not something I ever would have experienced in the US. And I'd had this kind of situation the first couple of years of living here, I moved abroad in my mid-20s. So everyone I know is getting married. And so there were all these occasions to fly home and be there for the big events. And then I never had time to do anything for me. So anyway, another long-winded way of saying, I was like, you know what? 2020 and onwards, I'm traveling for me. And I'm going to do this kind of expat thing of like, we travel all the time and we use our location abroad to go even more places abroad. And Vietnam was going to be the big one because I've never been outside of Europe or um, North America. Cool. Great. Then comes March of 2020. And obviously, I didn't go to Vietnam. And do you know how much I mourned that trip? Not at all. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was a concept. It wasn't planned. So that changes it too. I'd never actually booked flights or anything. Um, But I I mean, I mourned a lot of things over that era. and. Travel just was not one of them. The only travel I was mourning was being able to go home and see my family and my friends. But I mean, of course, I was eager to travel again, but I would talk to some friends and and I couldn't relate to them on this topic because they were itching. They were feeling yes. yeah, like they were uh, like they were going crazy. And I live 30, 40 minutes from the French border and you are not allowed to c- cross for the first couple months of the pandemic. And people like that was really getting to people. And I was like, not experiencing that (laughs) in the least. So that made me realize I was like, wow, I've I've always identified as this traveler, this curious person. And it's so easy for me to not have that. And 
I don't know. Then I started to think, okay, like maybe that's fine. Maybe I can lean into that. Like I still like going places, but I can go around Europe and revisit my favorite places. And that's better for the environment anyway, right? Um, Though now, now that travel has been possible again, I've been going on lots of weekend trips and I have a couple tickets booked for longer trips coming up. So I, I don't really know where I land other than to say, I think, I think I realized I'm less of that expat kind of maybe stereotype than I thought that I was. And I'm also fully okay with that. At the same time, I'm more of it than I was willing to accept back when it was impossible. So what would Nikki say about the Nicole (laughs) that is here in front of us today? I think she'd be like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think that there's a lot that Nicole's doing that Nikki would have wanted for herself and and never quite figured out how to get going, like even doing the podcast. Like I've always been a creative person and wanted to put things out in the world and I never did. And I'm really happy and, and proud of myself for getting to that point where I can do that. Um, so that's one area where I think she'd be like, yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, and living abroad, regardless of the travel, I think Nikki probably would be like, come on, travel more. Um, but you know, whatever. I think she'd mostly be like, cool that you live in Germany. But I also think that Nicole, Nikki would look at Nicole and be like, you are grumpy. Why are you grumpy? (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, cause I live in Germany. There's, that's kind of like, you're supposed to be a little bit grumpy most of the time. Do you, was American Nikki, was she more happy-go-lucky? Yeah, yeah, definitely more like high energy, more like on the go, 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 um, maybe a bit more outgoing in some ways, not in all ways, but yeah, definitely more if I, I as soon as I picture her, it's um, high somehow, it's just all high. Um, and something that's really changed for me is I feel like I've become lower. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, I, I think most of it's really positive. But now what I'm trying to find is this balance because, um, yeah, sometimes I think it's really a shame how unwilling I am to make small talk with a stranger or I don't know. Sometimes I, there's like these German reactions to little things where they get outraged. Like the other day at the bakery, I was standing in a line that I thought was a line and apparently there was a different line. And the man that was waiting in that line decided that his was the main line and ran over to me and was like, well, we weren't all standing there for fun. And then like (laughs) put his shoulder in front of my body and started ordering so that it was impossible for me to say anything back. And just like that level of being so deeply angry with me and making this passive aggressive comment and then using his body to block me out of the experience. I mean, over ordering at a bakery, I was like, I didn't know it was the wrong line. I couldn't care less. I'll go stand in that line. But the way he spoke to me, I was like, I'm just going to leave and get bread from a different bakery because I don't need to be around people who are going to treat me with that level of disrespect. But actually within the culture and within the setting, it's not necessarily seen as that disrespectful. It's just for me coming in from a background where that would be very aggressive that I read it that way. So anyway, this is another area where the balance is really present in my mind. And sometimes I think I suck up too much of that behavior and then I give it back out. And so Mm -hmm. then when someone does something I don't like, instead of just speaking to them like a human being, 
I have this impulse to say, and I don't usually act on it because I'm I'm not that confrontational (laughs) with strangers at least. Um, So I don't, but in my head, I'm saying these nasty things and thinking these negative things, which is ridiculous because I, I, I don't buy that at all, but it's just kind of seeping into me. So I'm trying to figure out how to pull in these two aspects of how, or two different approaches to how to live life. Um, and on one hand, I want to fit into the cultural setting here. And on the other hand, I don't sometimes. Like sometimes I don't agree with it and I want to be not that way. I don't want to be that man at the bakery because he was unnecessary in that moment. He was so mean. Yeah. yeah. It's hard because I feel like we've got a lot of cultural pressures, generational pressures. There's just pressure on us to be certain things, whether it's in the place we live, in the friendship group we have, in the time of life we're in to like be a certain way, be extroverted, be aggressive, be on the go and traveling all the time. And it's sometimes hard to then pick ourselves out of that kind of collective experience and say, yeah, but what do I want to be? Which version of myself do I actually like and want to embrace? Mm -hmm. And is that where you're at? Yeah, yeah. But I'm also what's getting me is sometimes I can identify that pretty well, but then when you put it into the world, it doesn't always fit. Like I might know how I want to handle something and then I go to say it and the humor doesn't carry or my my grammar's wrong or mm. yeah, and let's imagine, you know, the flip side, right? When I was in the US in September, of course there were similar moments where I wanted to say something kind of, kind of coming more from the German part of me and it's, you know, my, the country I'm from, I, I can speak the language comfortably and perfectly. Well, I mean, not perfectly, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not going to be the barrier. But even in those scenarios, it's not what the situation calls for because they don't, even if it's authentic to me, the greater situation is not operate on, operating under my my scope of the world. It's, it's operating under something different. And so it doesn't always fit in. So that's what's really tripping me up lately is like, I think I feel very comfortable in Germany. I feel very comfortable in the language. Even with my limitations, I feel okay with that and know kind of how to work around them. Um, I feel confident in my ability to touch base with myself and kind of figure out what I feel or want or need. But what do you do when it just doesn't? Yeah, that option's just not really on the table. <laughs> what then? Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that even as someone who can speak German, I have so many situations where I don't have the confidence that it's going to come across perfectly. And then you wonder about, you know, humor and even if you throw some sarcasm in there or if it's the right, even if the grammar and the accent, everything else was perfect, if it's the right message to be sending in that moment, if it's culturally appropriate to respond in that way in that moment. For instance, even in friendships, like I'm kind of thinking about my experiences in German social environments and um, because I've had more recently where I do do the whole thing in German, which I I didn't used to be able to do. And then I set out very specifically to be able to improve my social German. So this took the form of like dating people only in German or joining hobbies where the group is only going to be speaking German and I can do it. And these people like me well enough, but there's still just these moments where I'm like, I I speak up and I I tell a story or a joke and it just, 
takes three seconds longer for them to get un- to, to understand what I'm saying. And then it's not as funny. And then it interrupts the flow of the conversation. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm kind of having this moment recently of being like, okay, like, do I just kind of want to stop trying to force German in relationships? And like, what if I just showed up with like only American energy <laughs> in social situations? I don't know. But then again, it's like that's not authentic to me anymore because that's not who I am anymore. So that high energy Nikki I was talking about from the past, like, I don't even really want to be that because that sounds exhausting and superficial. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I'm not the same Megan in German and in English. Like, because I feel like I'm pretty well spoken in English. Um, and I like to talk about a variety of topics that I don't think I could do in German because my vocabulary is not there. And I just feel like I'm a different version of myself when I'm speaking German. And sometimes I don't want to be that version of myself. I want to be the eloquent, well-spoken version of myself. And so there's that balance of like, do I really want to make friendships where I have to speak German all the time? Because I don't know if they're going to get the full version of me. Right. I don't know if you feel that way. Your German's probably better than mine. Um, I don't know. Because I mean, I said like my my German was not good socially. Like I learned it at work. And so I got good at that or good enough. Um, and I had to intentionally learn how to be a social version of myself in German. And yeah, I think I went through a while where I was like, well, it's only going to get better if I do it. So I've Mm. done it. But it's like, I don't think it's a coincidence that all of the men that I've dated where I only speak German with them, it didn't go anywhere. Like, I don't think it was only the lack of connection or chemistry. It's like, I, I think the language thing did have to do with it. Like connection and chemistry are based on personality. And I wasn't my full personality. So yeah, didn't work. And like certain friendships I have, sometimes I get offended that it seems like we're not as connected as I would like to be. And then I'm like, well, right, because they actually only know me in this one context. And half of what I'm saying is it's it's landing and they're getting a feeling for me, but it's not full color. So yeah. no wonder they're not that motivated to like keep it going. Ah, oh, so let me think, where do we want to go with this then? I feel like we got really, really deep. <laughs> Tis kind of my way. I don't know. I think I'm I, – I don't know how it is for other people, but for me, I'm almost always having like maybe one to three topics that are – when I'm not actively thinking about something else, they're in my mind, and that's where my mind goes. And so when I do my my podcast, I often ask people if they have anything that they've been thinking about that we can use as a topic because I – I, I'm kind of assuming or projecting that they also have these kind of topics. So anyway, that's all to say um, balance has been on my mind the last couple months. And I think honestly, lately, I've been doing a, a terrible job of it. Like I think specifically in regards to time management and where I'm giving my time and energy, it's like all off. And I've just kind of hit a crashing point le- lately where I'm like, oh my God, I have no time to connect with myself. And as soon as I give myself an inch there, I have a mile, you know, I can, I, it feels really good and it's very fulfilling and helpful, but it's so hard to leave the time and space for that when it's like, well, I have my day job, well, I have my podcast, well, I have sports, well, I have five different social groups happening in person and 10 
online with people from back home, with people from different parts around Europe, around Germany. And I'm trying to do a good job at all of it. And so I'm doing, I, I think I'm doing a good job at most of it. I'm just doing a terrible job at honoring myself and <laughs> leaving time and space for that. So I'm currently thinking about balance a lot. And I'm currently having a light intervention with myself being like, you got to stop this. You got to start leaving some time for yourself. And there's that pressure that those of us who have moved, the more you move, the more people you have to keep track of, the more versions of yourself you've got to keep relaying back to, to those particular people. You know, you're the, you're Nikki, I'm guessing, to your American friends. Then you're American in Germany, Nicole, to some expat friends. You're American Nicole speaking German in Germany to another group of friends. And that's exhausting. Yep. <laughs> I'm nodding so hard right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And to shift, it's like shifting between languages when you're shifting between the, the different versions of yourself to balance with all these different people who've been in your life along the way. You need a nap. <laughs> yeah, I do. Right. And I keep thinking, I'm like, is this all just because it's November and I'm hibernating? Like I'm preparing to hibernate. Is that what's happening? <laughs> I think that's part of it. But I think I'll go back to that pressure once you're an expat, you know, when you're the person who's living abroad, there is this expectation that we are seeing the world and we're doing things constantly and we're connecting with people and trying new things. You know, I think to my friends who live in the States, I'm never expecting them to post travel pictures. I'm, right. I don't have any... <laughs> expectation of them to be speaking another language or experiencing new things constantly. But I put that pressure on myself because I've moved to a different country. But why? Mm -hmm. Can't you just live like a boring life for a month where the most exciting thing you did was like splurge for something at the grocery store? <laughs> Those sugar cashews were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but well, so this is also something that um, is relevant for me with the topic. I am someone who craves change and I have so many iterations of myself because I've done that intentionally. Like I, I, I want to be bettering myself and I want to be evolving. And at the same time, I don't know. I, I, yeah. At some point I enjoy the struggle, right? <laughs> Most of the time I enjoy the struggle. And then it gets to a point where I do not enjoy the struggle and I'm in too deep to get out of it. And I'm just like freaking out. And I'm like, what do I do? And then there will there'll be another phase in this journey where I push through that and I get things back on level ground and they're stable and it feels so good because I've been craving that and I've been working for that. And then I have that for X amount of time and then I start to get that itch again and I'm like, mm, okay, I, I need a little bit more chaos. I need a little bit more struggle. I need, I don't feel like I'm evolving. I feel like I'm just stagnating. And this is really hard for me with balance um, because of course, moving abroad has been the biggest shock to the system. There's so much that I've had to struggle with to get to a point. And the way my timeline worked out was like the first year and a half was really difficult. And then there was like six months where things were really good. Then I went through a breakup that went on and on and on. And then the pandemic hit and that went on and on and on. And then I think maybe somewhere around the summer, I started to feel like I have my feet back under me and I'm feeling good and I'm feeling stable. And so now I'm starting to feel some kind of an itch where I'm like, okay, and I, something is going to have to change. And it's it's just tricky for me. Like Part of that, I think, is my conditioning growing up as an American who 
was told your achievements at work and at school are your value Mm -hmm. and you don't have a lot of resources, so you better work five jobs because you have to pay off your education somehow. Um, And I think those things filled up so much of my time that at some point I learned that that's just how you live, is that you're constantly uncomfortable and you're constantly striving. And so I'm I'm actively trying to unlearn that in my life in Germany. I'm, I'm trying to slow down and, I don't know, enjoy life, you know? And and I think I am doing that. Like, I think I've slowed down a lot and I think I've got way more in my life that's fulfilling and not achievement driven. But at the same time, I think when you don't know something, when, when something is a new skill, it's hard to know where the line is drawn. So where do I draw the line between I'm enjoying stability and, well, actually there is still this part of me who craves the struggle. <laughs> yeah. But why can't we accept that we can have it all and that a natural part of life is that we go through these phases rather than saying, oh, look at me. I've backed myself into a corner and then I need to turn left and oh, now I need to turn right. Why don't we just say, I'm going to be going on a journey and I'm going to turn all different directions. And sometimes I'm going to go uphill and it'll be challenging. Sometimes I'm going to go downhill and it's going to be easy. And sometimes I'm just going to be on a straightaway. And that's just what I can expect from life. So then it's not like, oh, I've t- taken all these twists and turns, which was so unexpected. It's, no, the twists and turns are the part that I'm here for. And just take the ride. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I think sometimes I agree with you. And then other <laughs> times I'm like, am I just a masochist? And I just, because I know that some of it is unnecessary. Some of it is stuff that I'm inviting in that I could do without. And then I have to deal with that stuff. And then it's hard. And then I'm unhappy. And then I'm like, why am I unhappy? I know why. Because I did this to myself. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I don't know. I, I go back and forth. And, and maybe this is just something that you get better at over life or um, that's <laughs> why I'm in therapy. Um, all Yay these kind therapy. of things, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, yeah. So like they're active questions that I'm I'm questioning and I'm working on on all this stuff. And I, I mostly feel like they're just interesting philosophical thoughts to have. But I think part of me just really wants to agree with the way you phrased it. And then part of me also wants to be like, I, I don't know if I can yet. Like, I don't know if – it sounds like a nice goal of just acceptance that this is just all part of life's waves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm still figuring out where my limits are and what where my balance is. Because if I'm admitting that part of me and part of this journey is being unbalanced, that's okay, but also – Terrifying? Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> and, and I think, honestly, at least for me, I think it still has to have parameters – because I've been yeah. in places where I'm like, this is past the fun zone. This is too much or too little, you know? <laughs> I mean, if I go back to my my car metaphor and taking the ride, you still have to wear your seatbelt. You still right. have to check your mirrors. You still got to fill the tank. You know, you can go on a wild ride, but still do so responsibly by having these parameters and making sure you fuel yourself you take rest stops and you have a break. There's still a way to go on the wild ride and do it in a way that's not going to leave you broken. It's just trying to figure out how to do that because that's an individual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's the balance. That's the balance that I'm searching for <laughs> and striving <laughs> for. And yeah, like sometimes like in some ways I do think I've 
gotten really good at it. And when when I think back to your question of how's American Nikki looking at German Nicole, um, I do overall think a lot of these topics were already questions I was having back then. And I think I'm I think I'm doing a good job. But I think it's just something that I have to keep working on. And yeah, and I wonder, I'll be interested to hear if people, I don't know if people respond to this episode, if if this is um yeah, how common this is, how common it is with people who have relocated. Um, if it's a life phase thing, if it's a geography thing, if it's... I think it's all those things. Yeah. We're definitely always going to be a different version of ourselves from 20s to 30s to 40s to 50s. We're different versions of ourselves in and out of relationships with, without kids. Mom Megan is not pre-mom Megan. And there's a balance there. And I think a lot of us who end up having kids struggle with that balance of like who we were and who we are. And so there's that balance through life. Every time something changes, we have to balance the old version of ourselves and the new version of ourselves, and decide what things do I like about each of those and how do I hold on to them? It's hard. Mm-hmm. This is why New Year's Eve slash New Year's is my favorite holiday because I just, I love reflecting on these kind of things. Um, and I'm someone who's chronically busy, as is documented <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> and um, I love New Year's as just a chance. I, sometimes I make resolutions. Sometimes I don't. I kind of could care less. If it works for you, do it. If it doesn't, don't. I don't really care. But I, I love seizing that moment as a chance to just look back and check in and say, where is it working for you? Where is it not working for you? And today, early November 2021, I'm slowing down and asking myself those questions and being like, what is balance and what is balance in cultures? Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, this is why I chose balancing with an ING because I think it's active. I don't think there is a stopping point. I think it's a constant understanding of ourself. A la Becoming. Such a good book. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I, yeah, I think about it a lot. I mean, at least this core topic that she present that Michelle Obama presents in it of becoming that you're always becoming, and I think you're always balancing. Exactly, I think those are hand in hand. You're becoming and you're balancing because when you're changing and you're developing, you're not going to get it right. So the balance is going to have to be reconfigured every mm -hmm. part of the way. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's Nicole, everyone. <laughs> well, Nicole, we won't end with all of the mystical and magical conversation of balancing. Let's end with a little plug for the Expat Cast, which is the podcast that you host and the podcast that I was on recently. What is it, and where can we find you? Yeah, so it's called The Expat Cast. And if you are currently listening to Balancing Cultures, then you can go into whatever app you're using, search The Expat Cast, and you'll find it. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and on Twitter, also at The Expat Cast. And I'm online at theexpatcast.com. So it's all very straightforward in that regard. Um, and what you're going to find on all of those channels is well, so on the social media, I share more about my journey and my experiences as an expat. Um, I am very guilty of posting lots of really pretty travel pictures, but actually most of it's not travel pictures. Half of it's just like the hikes in the Freiburg area because we didn't get to get into it. But man, Freiburg, great place. Love it to death. Highly recommend. 
And then on the podcast itself, I interview people such as Megan about their experiences living in places that they're not from. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, like, like I was saying how I always have these topics that I'm thinking about and I want to talk about more. I, I love to ask people what was the worst or the most challenging part of your move abroad and can we talk about that even if it's uncomfortable or even if it makes you feel weird because I I I do care about your pretty travel pictures. I do, but I also kind of don't. Like I care more about like what was your hillside moment when you were crying saying Freiburg doesn't love me back. <laughs> so if you're into such happy topics as that, <laughs> come on over to the expat cast. Now go check out the expat cast. And thank you, Nicole, for sharing your story here on Balancing Cultures. Thank you so very much for having me and delving into all of these wonderful windy twindy roads <laughs> and giving me a really great car metaphor to think about tonight <laughs> we're doing it let's go for a ride <laughs> a big thank you to nicole for sharing her story and the winding road of her balancing for more information about her podcast and related episodes check out the show notes on balancingcultures.com as always, while you're there, sign up for the newsletter for bonus content, free of course. And if you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, you can leave me a tip through Buy Me a Coffee, link on the website. Thank you for listening. This was Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen.